Welcome to the Women of TBC podcast. You'll hear content from women's Bible studies and other women's events. For more information, visit templebiblechurch.org. Good morning, everyone. I want to invite everybody to come on in and take a seat. While you were doing that, we found a, ba- a phone in the bathroom. One of you left. So if, if you notice you don't have your phone, this is the back of it. You can come right on up and get it. <laughs> All right, well. It is my pleasure to welcome you to our spring Bible study of Romans. My name is Amy Jimenez. If we haven't met yet, I want to meet you. I want to talk to you. I want to get to know you. Um, It's my great privilege to lead women's ministry here at Temple Bible Church, and I'm just thrilled that you're here. So excited that we are together again. It's wonderful to see all of the, just the conversations, the sweet conversations going on this morning. Uh, God is knitting us together as a family, and it's a good thing to be together with your family. I want to tell you just a little bit about our schedule this morning as everyone's trickling in. Um, Next week, when you come in, I want to encourage you to come early. We open as early as 9. We have coffee and hot tea and water, and this is a great time for us to just get to know one another, especially women in other table groups than yours, and so I want to invite you to come early. If you have children, our children's program opens at 9.15, so if you come early, early, bring your kids over here and get a drink, and then walk them over at 9.15. That's when they will get started. Um, If your children are in our children's program, I want you to know that they are going to be studying Romans with us this semester, and I'm super excited about the lessons that they have Um, on age-appropriate levels for all of your children, but I want to encourage you as moms to talk with your kids about Romans as you are studying it. That's super exciting. Then when we start at 9.30, you're going to start at that discussion table where you started today. So if you're upstairs, just go straight upstairs, your name tags. When you leave today, drop them in your box, and they'll be waiting for you at at your tables upstairs or downstairs, wherever that may be. I want you to know, guys, that the reason that we start with discussion first is because I want you all to be talking about what the Lord has been teaching you in your personal Bible study during the week. I want you to, you to be sharing about what you have learned. So I want you to value so much your own time in the Word, and I want you to know that your contribution to your group is absolutely vital We need you to be sharing what God has taught you. It doesn't matter if you have never studied Romans before or if you have studied it 50 or 60 times. We really, really need to hear from one another right now how God is teaching us and encouraging us and showing us new things, and we need to be sharing that with one another. So that's why we always start with discussion first, because I want you to talk about what you've learned more than what I or any of the other teachers get up and tell you about. That's why we always end our time with our lecture, and we have a team this semester of five women, including myself, and I want you to know that we are all just co-learners with you. We are doing the exact same study that you're doing each week, 
and we are asking the Holy Spirit to just give us um, a word to share with you about what God has taught us during that week. And so we are not your teachers. The Holy Spirit is your teacher, and God's word is your teacher. But we want to share with you the overjoy of what God has been teaching us each week. So we end with a lecture. It's always recorded. We have some, some of our friends on live stream this morning. We have a Zoom group that meets while we're talking um, in our discussion groups. And so they're live with us, but it's always recorded. So you can always go back and listen to, the, to that week's teaching. Um, your leaders will always be sharing it with you each week in, a, in an email or in a group text, however they share communicate with you. So if you have to miss something, I want you to miss the lecture. I want you to value so much your time talking with your group each week. You can always watch the lecture later. Um, next week, when we start during this time, we will start with a memory verse. And so if you um, notice in your discussion guide or that, that big resource packet that you got, um, on the second page, we have a memory verse for every week. And no one's going to be testing you. Um, we're not going to check you at the door to see if you learned your memory verse. But I want to encourage you to try because <laughs> these are really, if you memorized one verse for every week of this study, you would have a really, really good grasp of what the book of Romans is all about. So I want to encourage you to do it. But what we're going to do is we're going to read together. So it'll be written up on the screen. When we come together in this time, we're going to read our memory verse for the week together, and then we will sing a song of worship to settle our hearts and minds and focus on praising our great King before we go into the lecture. We're not doing that today because I'm, I'm using this time to, to explain all of these things to you. Um, the other thing is that I'll always share at least one announcement with you each week, but we have lots of announcements, and so when you come into this room... Um, up on the screen, next week you'll see rolling announcements on the screen. I know it's easy to check out and not look at them, but I want to encourage you to try to just, to just take a peek and see if there's something that applies to you on the rolling announcements. Okay, lastly is our materials. Did everybody get a resource guide today? So a big packet of, of stuff like this. If you didn't get one, I, want you, I don't want you to leave here without one. It's really important. I'm going to talk about it later in the lecture. Um, but this is a big packet, and it, it's a lot of printing. And we made one for everybody in this room, plus a lot more. And so um, we only really can, can give you one. So if you misplace it, if you lose it, um, we, I've tried to send all of your leaders a, a link to our digital copy so that you can print it out yourself if you need to, or if, if you want to print one for a friend, you have access to do that, okay? But don't leave today without that resource and discussion guide. Okay, I think that's all of our announcements. Let's, um, let's go to the Father in prayer, and then we'll get started with the lesson for today. Oh God, we just settle our hearts and minds together this morning to worship you to praise you, to exalt your name, to glorify you. God, we are, we are humbled in your presence. And we're so thankful that you have drawn us together at this time and at this place for your purposes. We can't wait to see what you have to teach us this semester. And God, we're just asking you for, for courage, 
courage to spend time in your word, to be open and vulnerable with our groups, to share what you have put on our hearts through your Holy Spirit. And we're asking you, God, to just bind us all together in this process. Would you just give us great love for you, great love for one another, and would you use the words of this great book of Romans, would you use it to, to challenge us and to change us and to grow us and to, to teach us? We, we're so excited about what you have for us, God. pray all these things in Jesus' name. Amen. Well, I have two sons. My boys are named Jacob and Jonah, and they are only 20 months apart, but they were only one year apart in school. And because they were so close to one another, they did everything together, even sports. So I pulled up a couple of football pictures. But I was always worried about these two guys because Jacob would always be the oldest kid on any sports team, and Jonah would always be the youngest. And I would always go to Jonah and say, Jonah, I really, I want you to feel like you can play in a younger age division if you want to. And Jonah would always tell me, no, mom, I'm Jacob's biggest fan, and I want to cheer him on, and I want to learn from him. So I always want to be on his team. And it was such a sweet thing. Well, fast forward to March of 2020. Jonah was a senior in high school, and he was expecting a letter from Rice University to let him know if he was accepted uh, for the next school year. And he had applied early, and he had not gotten in early, like his brother had the year before. And so Jonah was really nervous. He was really anxious about this news. And COVID, as you remember, March 2020, had just shut the entire world down. And so my boys were both at home doing school from home. Jacob had come home from college. They were home together when Jonah got the notification on his phone that he had an email from Rice University. And it was so sweet, y'all, because he wanted his brother to go with him into his room and to read the email for him. And while Raymond and I, my husband and I, we waited in the living room. <laughs> and it was so sweet because we heard some music start to play and we heard Jacob, the older brother, come out of his room dancing and cheering and announcing to all of us that his brother, Jonah Jimenez, was going to be a rice owl. And we were so excited. This was great news, and we just had this big group hug. It was wonderful. Well, the book of Romans, friends, is announcing some really good news this semester. And the Apostle Paul is our older brother in the faith. And in his letter, he's compelling us as his sisters to embrace this good news about Jesus Christ. And then he's cheering us on, just like Jacob cheered Jonah on, as we receive it together. So I hope that this semester we can celebrate with just as much joy as our family did on that day in 2020. Well, each semester, when we start a new book or series of books, we always start with this overview lesson, and I know some of you are like, oh my goodness, not at that again. That's so boring. I don't want to start with an overview, but I want you to know that this is one of my favorite lessons of every study because this lesson helps us to see the foundation of the book of Romans and how we're going to read it and understand it as we study it together 
this semester. So we're going to approach this task today by looking at this letter to the Romans with a purpose, with perspective, and with a process. So I'm going to detail each of these for us this morning. So let's start with a purpose. Where does this book of Romans fit into the big story of God? And if you've been here a long time, you're going to say, she says this every year, and it's so true. I do say it every year. The Bible is one continuous story about God from start to finish. It's God revealing himself to us. And so each fall, we try to look at an Old Testament book or a series of books, and then we find a theme that carries us into a New Testament book in the spring. So many of you were here with us in the fall, and our through line for this year is the wisdom of God. The wisdom literature that we studied in the fall, we learned last, last semester together was the why, W-H-Y, why of Israel's story. It was that motivating force that enabled them to live out their calling as the people of God. And the stories and the songs and the sayings that we learned about in Psalms and Proverbs and Job, those, those um, stories put a longing for Jesus into the hearts of Israel long before he ever came. Well, that was the why of, of Israel's story, the, the gospel of God, the good news about Jesus that Paul is going to explain to us in the book of Romans. The gospel is the why of the church's story. It's the why of our story together. The gospel is the motivating force that enables us to live as the people of God, set apart by grace as a light to all of the nations, and we're led together by the Holy Spirit. So God's finished work in Jesus Christ, and then his continuous work in us through his Spirit, that is the wisdom of God that all of the Old Testament pointed to. Well, next, we want to approach Romans with some perspective. What is the historical context of this book? And we always want to ask some key questions of any book we read before we start it. So I want you to open your Bibles this morning. Hopefully you did this in your groups as well, but I want you to open up to Romans chapter 1, 1 through 17. And we're going to use that text of Scripture to answer these questions together. Who wrote this book? To whom was it written? When was it written? How and why? Important questions. So we're going to go through them one by one, but I want you to have the Bible in front of you as we do this. So first question, who wrote this book? Well, I hope you talked about this a little bit, but verse 1 gives us the answer. Paul, a servant of Christ Jesus, literally a slave of Christ, and an apostle, one who is set apart and sent out. We met this guy, Paul, last spring when we studied the book of Acts. We met him in Acts chapter 7. He was at the stoning of Stephen, the first martyr of the church. Paul was holding the coats of the men who stoned Stephen. And his name back then was Saul of Tarsus. We know that he was a Jew, a devout Jew, 
a Pharisee who knew the law, loved God, but who zealously persecuted Christians because he thought that they were not following um, the way of God. They didn't think, he didn't think Jesus was the Messiah that he was looking for. But then in Acts chapter 9, we learned that he had a radical encounter with Jesus on the road to Damascus when Jesus appeared to him in a bright light and spoke to him very specifically and told him that he was in fact the one that Paul, that Saul had been persecuting. And it was then that God changed his name from Saul to Paul, but more, more importantly, it was the Holy Spirit who completely changed and transformed Paul. We saw at the end of verse 1 that he was set apart for the gospel of God. He was set apart. He, God took this brilliant scholar and he rerouted him to be his messenger of the gospel as a missionary and a teacher and a writer of letters, especially to the Gentiles. So I think it's so cool that really Paul's dramatic conversion story is his most compelling argument in everything that he says and in everything that he writes in the New Testament as to the power of the gospel to change lives. Well, that leads us to the next question. To whom was he writing? And the short answer is the church in Rome. We're going to see this in verse 7. Look with me there, where he says, To all those in Rome who are loved by God and called to be saints. And then look down in verse 15, when he says, So I am eager to preach the gospel to you also who are in Rome. Now, Paul did not start the church in Rome. In fact, he had never been there when he wrote this letter. But he really wanted to go. He, he was looking so forward to meeting the people that made up this church. Rome was the capital of the Gentile world. And Paul knew that this church would be influential in spreading the gospel. He couldn't wait to get there. He wanted to launch out to Spain and beyond. He couldn't wait to get to Rome. So who were these people that made up the church in Rome? And how did Paul seem to know so much about them? Well, I think the next question is going to give us some great insight. When was this book written? Usually this question doesn't give us so much information, but today I think it really does. I'm super excited about this part, so I hope I have your attention. <laughs> so when, when was, was this book written? Well, from Acts last semester, we know that Romans was written around A.D. 57, and this was on Paul's third missionary journey from the city of Corinth. So we know that Paul had previously been in Corinth on his second missionary journey, and he spent about a year and a half there where he worked with some tent makers. Remember them? Their names were Priscilla and Aquila. Guess what? They were Jewish Christians from Rome who had relocated to Corinth. Well, why does that matter? Well, I think that Priscilla and Aquila probably told Paul all about the people that they loved at the church in Rome. Have you ever had that experience where your friends tell you about their friends and you just can't wait to meet their friends because you know that you're all going to just love each other? I think Paul had that experience. He can't wait to meet Priscilla and Aquila's friends. But then we know something else about Priscilla and Aquila and why they were in Corinth. 
If you look in Acts chapter 18, verses 1 and 2, we see that something big happened in A.D. 49. This was before Paul wrote the book. In A.D. 49, the Roman emperor Claudius kicked all of the Jews out of the city of Rome. All of them, that included all of the Christians. So Priscilla and Aquila were kicked out of Rome and had to leave and find another place to live. That's where they met Paul in Corinth. And during the five years, so five years between when Claudius kicked them out until he died, so 49 to 54 AD, there were no Jews ever allowed in the city of Rome. And so for those five years, the church that met in Rome was led by and was made up entirely of Gentiles. Only Gentiles were leading the church. But then after Claudius uh, died, the edict kind of went away and Jews were starting to, to trickle back in to Rome. And so this is where we find the letter of Romans being written in AD 57. It would have arrived about three years after Claudius' death, and during that period when these Jews were coming back to Rome. And can you imagine how hard it would have been for Jewish Christians coming back into Rome? They were struggling with their identity. Were they primarily Jewish, or were they now primarily Christian? Rome only saw them as Jews. That's how they defined them. They, were, they wanted to go back to their church home, and it was made up of all Gentiles who were pretty skeptical about these Jews coming back. And you can imagine, the Gentiles had been leading and doing things their way for five to eight years, almost a decade of doing things their way. Not very Jewish. They weren't, they weren't following Jewish practices and customs. But now these Jews are coming back, and they want to take back the church. They want to do it their way. They want it to feel culturally very Jewish. And so there was a great divide between the Gentile Christians in Rome and the Jewish Christians in Rome. And Paul is going to tell them all, whether you're a Gentile or a Jew, that what unifies them as a church is Jesus Christ. This good news about Jesus Christ, this gospel, that helps them to see that they are all equal sinners in desperate need of a Savior. And they need this really unifying wisdom of the gospel so that they can live together as the people of God and be a light to the world. So you're going to notice when you're studying Romans that sometimes Paul is addressing just the Gentiles. He's being very specific to them. And sometimes he's addressing just the Jews. And a lot of times he's addressing them both. And this really there's some really hard passages in Romans, and this really helps to understand why he would have been trying to unify them together as one. So I'm excited about that. That was such a huge epiphany to me as I was studying it myself um, last semester. Okay, well, what is the style of this book? We've already said that it's a letter or an epistle, which is just a fancy word for letter. It's a letter that Paul wrote to Rome. And when Paul wrote this letter, there wasn't really a fancy postal service like we have today. There wasn't a mailbox that the church would go to and open and find this letter from Paul to them. And so the way that you would send a letter in this day was to send it with someone you trust, 
who would read it aloud to the audience and authenticate it as being written by who said was writing it. So this is super cool, you guys. Romans was delivered by a woman named Phoebe. And you're going to read about her in Romans 16, verses 1 and 2. She lived in this city called Sincrea, which was near Corinth. And Paul wrote the letter from Corinth, and she was likely a good friend of Paul's. Someone he trusted so much that he would send the letter with her. And so she likely brought the letter to the church in Rome and read it out loud to them. And she also probably answered questions about the letter. But she verified that it was indeed written by her friend Paul to this church to encourage them and to strengthen them. So I think it's awesome that Paul would trust a woman with the task of delivering such an important letter to Rome. Well, because Paul knew that it was going to be read out loud like that to the first audience, he wrote it with this rhetorical style, so this speaking style, where he anticipates questions that the audience is probably thinking in their head, and then he answers that question emphatically before they can say anything. And so you can trace about 85 questions like this in the book of Romans, if you're counting. And you're going to get really good at spotting the question, because our, our homework is going to ask you to do that. Spot the question, and then trace Paul's logic as he answers that question, and then anticipates the next one, and answers that one, and on and on and on it goes. It's really kind of cool to follow it that way. Now, Paul, you remember, wrote most of the books in the New Testament. And they all follow a similar pattern. All of his letters follow a similar pattern. And I saw this um, a while on Facebook. and I saw it a while ago on Facebook, and I thought it was really funny. And so I want to show you this basic summary of all of Paul's letters in the New Testament. This is kind of what they are all about. Dear church, grace and peace, I thank God for you. Hold fast to the gospel and for the love of everything holy. Stop being stupid. <laughs> and Timothy says hi. <laughs> love, Paul. Well, we're going to use this as our outline for Romans because it really does describe Romans really, really well. So let's start off with the basic greeting. It's found in verse 7, chapter 1. Paul says, Grace and peace to you from God our Father and the Lord Jesus Christ. Now this is Paul's way of saying hello in a way that other people would have commonly greeted each other in his audience. And so if he was here with us at TBC, he might have said something like, Howdy, TBC! Or, Hey, y'all! Grace and peace to you! And so it's Paul's basic greeting. Almost all of his letters start the same way. And then next... Paul moves to a thanksgiving section, and you're going to see that in verses 8 to 15. Look at verse 8, where it starts with, First, I thank my God through Jesus Christ for all of you, because your faith is proclaimed in all the world. And then he goes on to say how much he has heard about their faith, likely from his friends Priscilla and Aquila, and how he longs to see them, and he, how he longs for them to be mutually encouraged by one another's faith. I just, I love that Paul always starts that way with Thanksgiving. Well, next, 
is the body of the letter. And Romans really is all about the gospel. If you don't get one more thing all semester, learn that line, hold fast to the gospel. Paul introduces this gospel to us in chapter 1, verses 1 through 5, when he says that it's the good news of God concerning his son, Jesus Christ. It's all about a person, Jesus Christ. He's the one, Paul says, who was promised in Scripture, including all of those wisdom books that we studied last fall. He was fully human, verse 3 descended from David in the flesh, and yet he was fully divine. Verse 4, declared with power to be the Son of God when he rose victoriously from the dead. And through Jesus, verse 5 says, through Jesus, this person, we, his people, have received grace. And we, friends, have received a commission to make him known in this city and among all the nations. So the gospel really is about a person, Jesus Christ, more than it is about an idea or even a set of doctrines. It's all about him. It's about what Jesus has done and what he is doing on our behalf and for the sake of the world. So Jesus is the wisdom of God. We're going to spend most of our time this semester in this body section of the book of Romans, and it's from chapters 1 through 11. And I liked how our study guide kind of summarized it for us with words that begin in S. So if we're going to understand what Jesus has done and is doing, we're going to have to talk a lot in these next few weeks about our sin problem, the problem that Jesus came to take upon himself. So we'll read all about sin in chapters 1 through 3. But then that leads us to the glorious grace extended to us in salvation. And we'll read about justification by faith in chapters 3 and 4. And next, that we will see that we're not just saved, but we are transformed into new creatures in Christ through the power of the Holy Spirit at work in us, and that's called sanctification, We'll read all about that in chapters 5 through 8. And these are some of the most glorious chapters you will ever read in your Bible. And then we'll try to make sense of God's sovereignty in chapters 9 through 11. And these are some of the hardest chapters to understand in all of your Bible. Well, then we get to that moral exhortation section of Romans in chapters 12 through 15, or how we should live in light of the gospel. And it's more than just about stopping being stupid. He's going to give us lots of really good things that he wants us to do for his glory. So we'll read about that. The service that he longs for us to have as the people of God in chapters 12 through 15. And then finally, in chapter 16, verses 1 through 23, this is all about Paul's greetings. And he's going to say, he's going to bring greetings from a lot of friends, and he's going to say hi to a lot of people in the church of Rome. So, final question is why? Why did Paul write this letter to the Romans? And I think that we find it in his thesis statement in chapter 1, verses 16 to 17. This is your memory verse for this week, so I really want to encourage you to to memorize it. But here's where Paul says, For I, Paul, am not ashamed of the gospel 
For it is the power of God for salvation to everyone who believes, to the Jew first and also to the Greek. For in it the righteousness of God is revealed from faith for faith, as it is written, the righteous shall live by faith. So these words were very personal to Paul. He's not ashamed of this good news because it has literally changed his life. He tells us that this good news about Jesus is the power of God for salvation for all of us, to the Jew first and also to the Greek. So whether we are Jew or Gentile, male or female, all the way to us Gentile women sitting in this room, January 2023, the gospel is the power of God for our salvation. And in this gospel, in this good news, God reveals his righteousness. We're going to learn about this so much, but God is always just and he's always right. He's sovereign over all things. He gets to call all of the shots in our lives. His righteousness is revealed from faith. So we're going to look back all the way to Israel's origin story. We're going to look back at Abraham and his family and the faith that Abraham demonstrated. So it's from faith and it's for faith. Faith for all who will ever trust Jesus for eternal and abundant life. So we're going to learn all about God's righteousness this semester. And we're going to be challenged to accept it, to receive it, to walk in it by faith. I'm so excited. Well, lastly, we're going to need a process. We're going to need a way that we're going to read and study this letter to the Romans this semester. And so we're using a new study series this semester. Some of you are going to absolutely love it. Some of you are going to be challenged by it extremely. Um, it's the new inductive study series by Kay and David Arthur and Pete DeLacy. And so I want everybody to grab that book right now. Have it in front of you. Grab the discussion, the resource and discussion guide so that I can show you how this is going to work in these next few minutes. Our first task when we study any book of the Bible, is to observe what the text actually says. So that means, friends, that we are going to read and reread Romans a lot this semester. In fact, your homework is going to ask you to read and reread one chapter every week at least six times. At least six. I want you to read it even more. I want to challenge you to listen to it. Have your phone read it to you when you're in the car, when you're doing the dishes, when you're walking the dog. I want you to repeat and repeat and repeat the chapter that we're studying each week by reading it and listening to it. If you do nothing else, that's what I want you to do. And I really want you to hear me say that. It's so important that we read the book of Romans. Well, in your homework, you'll notice that each week is divided up into seven days. It's expecting you to do 15 minutes a day for seven days. That's a lot. And so you can combine it, but I want to encourage you to try to break it up into 15 little minute segments a day. And on day one, you'll just be reading and you'll be marking your text. And so rather than marking in your Bible, I printed out the entire book of Romans for you in that resource and discussion guide. So I know this is blurry, kind of intentionally, so you can't read my writing, <laughs> but um, this is what it looks like. In your, in your resource guide, you'll have the, the text of Romans in the ESV version. They're all the same. If you would like to print it out in another version, 
I can show you how to do that. You're welcome to do that. I encourage you to put these pages in a binder so that you can add pages if you need to. But you have it there so that you can mark it. Now, on these pages, you're going to be asked to mark repeated words and phrases with different colors and different symbols. That thrills my super-organized people, and it terrifies my <laughs> the opposite, <laughs> like myself. It terrifies me, quite honestly. Um, and at first, it's going to tell you which colors and which symbols to use, like for the first couple of chapters. And then it's going to give you freedom. It's going to say, I want you to look up you know, this word, but I want you to mark it however you would like to. And that's going to be stressful, too, for some of you. So you're going to, make, you, you're going to want to make a little bookmark for yourself. I, I gave you a picture of mine. I made it on a 3 by 5 card, and I just wrote out the words that I was looking for and the symbol that I used so that I can use those same symbols and those same colors throughout the whole book whenever I mark the text. Now, please, friends, do not freak out about this part I want you to know that this is just a tool. It's a new tool for you to use to engage with the text of Scripture. The only person who is going to see the markings that you put in this book is you. We're not going to grade it. We're not going to compare ourselves with anybody else. You cannot get a wrong answer on this part. This is just a tool for you to read and interact with. The text, it's going to help you look for repeated words or repeated phrases or patterns. And so if it's not doing that and you find that it's, it's making you more stressed to mark it than you're spending time reading it, then I want you to have a new plan and come up with a way that's helpful for you. So if, if you just want to use a pencil and circle words or underline words, you have the freedom to do that. But you also have the, the freedom to try to use different colors and different symbols and see if that is helpful to you in a new way. Well, next, we are going to interpret what we read, and that's asking the question, what does this text mean? What did it mean when it was written, and what does it mean for me and for us now? And so your homework is divided um, each day. It's going to give you some tasks, some things to do. You're going to reread the text, and then you're going to do something with it to try to answer this question, what does it mean? So you'll see that I gave you a bunch of blank pages. So after the text, you have all these blank pages so that you can read what you're, what you're asked to do, say on day three, and then write it out on those blank pages in your resource guide. Now some of you, that will not be enough pages for all that you might write. So you can add extra pages in if you need them as you go along. Some of the things you'll be asked to do is to make lists. You're going to make a lot of lists. They're going to be really helpful. They're going to ask you to, to think about some questions to take to the text. So you ask the question, and then you write the answer for yourself. Sometimes it's going to ask you, summarize the argument that Paul is making in these, in these few verses. Sometimes um, they're going to ask you to look up other scriptures to help you understand a word or a meaning. Now, I want you to hear this as well. If, this, if you are struggling with this, and you're like, I just don't know what the answer is to what they just asked me to do. I want you to do your best and then move on to the next question. Even if you write down the words, I don't know, I want you to share that with your group when you come together. Okay? That is a perfectly reasonable thing to write. All of these tasks are to help you understand what the, what the text means so that you can apply it 
to your life, and we can apply it to our lives together as the church. And so you'll see in your homework on day seven every week, you have a list of questions, and they're called questions for thought and discussion. And it doesn't give you any space to write anything down on. So in your resource guide, you have a page that looks like this. It's the exact same questions from your book. Just I typed them out for you with space so that you could write in them. These are the questions that you're going to be discussing each week. So if you do nothing else of your homework, I want you to try to write out the, the answers to these questions on day seven because that's what you'll be talking about together. Again, if you don't get all of the answers, don't worry. Come anyway. It's such a blessing to come and to talk with other Christians who are at different ages and stages of life than you, who are in different, just have different learning styles, just who are different than you, to help you understand how amazing it is to apply God's word to different, different <laughs> stages of life. <laughs> I hope Romans challenges you to think differently, to act differently, to respond differently, and so we want to talk about that together when we come together. Okay, if all of this just seems really daunting, I want to close by reminding you that what you are about to read is the best news ever written. And it's specifically for you. It's like you have this envelope that's on the screen, and it's saying, would you please open it up? Would you please read this letter to you? Would you please enjoy the good news that I have to share with you? Because it's going to seem really academic at first. And I don't want you to forget that this is a personal letter. Paul is telling you his personal experience with the gospel. And he wants you to experience it personally. He wants you to know the God who he knows. Who's able to see you. To know everything about you. Everything you've ever done. Everything that you've ever thought. And yet loves you so much that he was willing to die for you to be with him forever. That's the Jesus that Paul is writing about. That's the Jesus that he longs for you to know and to live victoriously through. So Paul is the one cheering us on in this letter to the Romans, just like Jacob cheered on Jonah. But I want us to be the ones cheering one another on as well as we study this together. So let's pray. God, we are so excited about this book that you have for us, that you've inspired Paul to write, and it's written specifically to us. And God, would you help us to just receive it with joy, to experience it, not to get bogged down in all of the difficult tasks, but to, to expect to hear from you. Holy Spirit, would you teach us? Would you change us? Would you make us new through our study of Romans? And we just look forward to it together in Jesus' name. Amen. All right, if you have children in childcare, you need to go get the, them really quickly. Otherwise, feel free to stay in.